live from the J.C. Newman Cigar Studio in Boston, Massachusetts. Welcome to the Smokin' Tobacco Show with your hosts, Matt Tobacco and Smokin' Nicole. We're going to need a new voiceover because uh, the things have changed here at the Smokin' Tobacco Show. But welcome to another episode of the Smokin' Tobacco Show. My name is Matt Tobacco from SmokinTobacco.com. And for the first time, I am joined by Mr. Mitchell Santaga of SmokinTobacco.com. Mitchell, how are you? My cohort? Good, good. It's uh, yeah, it's a beautiful day over here, and uh, I'm excited to be on tonight. I know we're really excited. Uh, this is the dawn of a new generation. Wednesday nights, Mitchell will be joining me. Um, Nicole will be on if she can. She won't smoke, but she'll be on if she can. Um, but it just made more sense to have Mitchell definitely with us uh, going forward, uh, just so that I always knew I had someone with me, um, at least from smoking tobacco, because it does help. Um, well, I, I heard that we have, so we got Orlando Perez. I got a couple of honorable mentions. I got Orlando Perez is here with us tonight. Um, we got LFD Birdie from the LFD, uh, discord chat, which for those who don't know about that, um, it is a wild time. They smoke a lot of big ring gauges over there. Um, I heard that they have, uh, I, I'm sorry. I heard that we have, um, that vice president of sales, from uh, what's that company called? Um, Don Doroteo? That's right. Don Doroteo. Yeah, Don Doroteo. And I, is his name Garrett Robinson? I, it sounds so familiar. Where do I know him from? I oh, know. I know. He's that dude. He's that dude from How About That Cigar, right? Or he used to be. I don't know. We'll see. How about that cigar? How about that cigar? You know, burn cigars, not. Bridges. bridges yeah so showing a little bit of love to those guys i know garrett's here tonight yeah. um so <laughs> yeah there he is he's in the comments uh so no everyone thank you for being here thank you for watching i know that tonight of all nights we are going up against um smoke in with alec bradley uh their smoke in alec bradley great smoke drop is tonight for those who were there last night thank you uh, we, we were live with alex and abe and bradley game on uh, talk about the great smoke and tonight's drop. So, uh, you know, no harm in going back and forth between streams and grabbing yourself that Alec and Bradley. What are they called? The crew. The crew. Ten yeah. count bundle. It's I think it's ninety four ninety five. That, that yeah. looked like a nice nice cigar and uh, yeah, Bradley was explaining some of the stuff inside and it sounded delicious. Oh yeah, that's definitely one to get. I see. I'm probably gonna miss out because I'm on here doing this. Um, and on the soccer one, I didn't have my ticket in time, uh, yeah. which uh, was on me. But that's okay. Uh, I, I'm a firm believer in regardless of what any of those people over there say, soccer usually does a second round. So I'll get it then. <laughs> um, but instead tonight, I'm going to light a Pistonia, uh because we have our good friend, Mike, <laughs> a.k.a. the Cigar Hustler, is here with us tonight. Let's bring him on. Boom! There he, he is. Look at him. He just—he didn't. You didn't even try to say Stefankevich. No, nope. That was, that was mm -mm. a good step. That was a good step. I'd rather just save myself the the harm, and I don't want to put any embarrassment on him. So I'm like, I'm just not even gonna try. Uh, people who know me know I'm very horrible with pronunciation, and that's no, I wouldn't. No, I wasn't even gonna go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I just I couldn't. Been <laughs> for like five years at this point. So yeah. I know, I know. I just, I just figured that one out. Um, but you know, I whatever. <laughs> to each their own. Everybody learns. It could be worse. I could have, I could have someone else here tonight who could be further on my ass about stuff. But 
<laughs> it's okay. Hey, we're all learning. We're all learning together, right? I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take a page out of Abe's book from last night. You know, last night because Mitchell, I know you saw the show last night. Abe must have said about five times when he was talking about manufacturers. He's like, and I'm not gonna mention any names. Um, <laughs> and then mentions names. John Carney, but um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that one was it was great. I'm, he did it the first time, and I'm like, okay. Then he did it like four more times. I'm like, Abe, just fucking say it. Say who it is. I'm not going to mention any brands like Drew Estate. <laughs> like Drew Estate. And then he was like, yeah, then he, he made a comment. It was, he said something about like, um, we were talking, because he was talking about how great Bradley is. He's like, I've watched you grown up. And he was like, no, seriously. And he was like, um, you know, there's a lot of times like when the kids get into the, into the business, when the parents were kind of running it, it's not always great. And he's like, I'm not going to mention any names, Ashton. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> Fuck. I'm like throwing daggers out on my show. Like, that's just. But hey, you that's know, I love Abe. That's why they call him Honest Abe. That's why they call him Honest Abe. It's just. He doesn't hide it, you know? But that was a good time. But we got Mike with Air tonight, which is another. Yeah, I, he He's another, like, you know, honest. He's like Honest Mike. And he, he's, he's never shy to say what he thinks and feels. That's why we love having him here. Because I already know that it doesn't matter what we talk about. It's. Mike's going to have a rant, and it's going to be great, and some people won't like it, and oh well, but it's okay. Yeah, you're going to get an opinion, that's for sure. Yeah, do, you, or not fine. do you plan on having your kids take over the business? Fuck no, man. I plan on setting that thing on fire before I'm out of here. Fucking flame for a bit. There it's you the go. I wouldn't, I wouldn't subject any kid to the cigar industry when they grow up. I, you know, I hope they have bigger hopes and dreams. For sure. You know? The uh, the interesting thing about you, Mike, is, I, and I I already told you we're gonna bring it up, and I know you're not gonna tell us anything, but yeah. S- Skip kind of teased that you have a new cigar coming out under the brand. Yeah, I got a, I got a whole bunch of cool stuff coming out. He actually has posted some other stuff, but not a, and you know people haven't picked up on it. Um, for one, the Habano and the Broadleaf Corona Gorda. That's uh. That's going to be a line extension for our, for our core lines right now. We're going to obviously create another core line that we've been working on that I've had the blend for fucking ever. And I'm very excited that it's kind of finally coming to fruition with that Connecticut. And uh, we're going to have a new SBC that he hasn't posted that one yet. He's ha- he's posted it, but he hasn't posted it with a band on it. And there's going to be a new Warfare, um, which people also didn't pick up on because it just looks like the other stuff, but it's a box press Corona Gordo. So. Very interesting stuff. I mean, you guys, uh, you, you know, like a bunch of others. I mean, you have you have your own brand. You operate as a retailer, so you kind of have the best yeah. of both worlds. Um, so you're always busy. You're one of those guys. You're busy. You're out there. You got stuff going on, um, and you look at the industry from obviously and and media. I mean, too. I mean, you got media too. So I mean, you look at this industry from multiple angles. Sure. Um, do you think that's a big advantage? to everything else that you do, whether it's, you know, two of them help the other or whatever by keeping you so well-rounded and in and, and so many different facets of the business that, you know, you can kind of use the others to feed into to one and vice versa and all that? Well, I think vertical integration in any business is always important, right? Um, being a, a, re- a retailer is always difficult, right? So just selling a product and then restocking that product and then paying for all of those things uh, that in itself is is 
not the easiest thing to do, especially if you're not moving a tremendous amount of volume. So you have to have other avenues of revenue, right? So other retailers have bars and we're like, we have beer and wine and that's a big help. Um, you know, when I created Postania originally, I just want, it wasn't so much of a fact of, Hey, I need to increase my profit margins. Um, I just needed to get a, a, build a cigar that nobody could fuck with because I've had that issue in the past where other retailers could dictate exactly what's going on in your store, which is shitty. So am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. you are. Yeah, you are. You can be yourself tonight. Don't worry. <laughs> so, uh, right, I'm gonna, I've taken off my pants. Um, oh, we haven't already so, done that? No, no. I, I was waiting for the midterm of this show to remove my pants. I'm, I've had my pants off the whole time. I mean. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> We're like another five or ten degree drop here. So that, that's when I'll remove my pants. But, um, yeah, so I wanted something that no one else could 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 take away from me. And that turned into, you know, other retailers that I had become friends with, they wanted it. So then it's like, okay, well, then I might as well, you know, release it to the whole world. And uh, that's, I mean, it's got its challenges in itself because I don't like a lot of retailers, you know. Um, Why? People can be, because they can be assholes. A lot of them are fucking arrogant. Um, they're so full of themselves. And at the end of the day, all you're doing is selling leaves, man. And if you're not working with people, the, the right retailers to try and build and work together and build brands, then you just get wind up getting stepped on. I see it over and over again in this industry. You know, a, a brand gets too big and then it's like they forgot who helped them get there, you know, and then they put regulations and and, and requirements on these these smaller guys in order to have access to their LEs or their special production stuff or whatever the case may be. Um you see, I've seen, I've seen it on both ends, which is kind of the thing where you're referencing as far as angles. Like, you know, you have, like, I've had incidences where, you know, your credit card expired or, um, you know, it was lost or stolen and you had to change it. Right. Or so then you go and place a, an order with a company that you, maybe you don't deal with on the regular and the card comes up declined and nobody fucking calls you. Right. Why not? Why wouldn't you call? So it, I got to call you again and say, Hey, where's my stuff? And then you got to say, oh, the card came up to client two, three weeks ago. I was like, great. You know, or <laughs> on the other side, you know, like what, where is the customer service there? But what the customer service used to be there, but now, you know, you're not, you're not, uh, you know, we're bigger now. So we don't really give a shit about, you know, your, your minuscule order, your inconsistent order, whatever the case may be. Or the other side is like, let's say on the retail side, the card comes up to client and use the brand owner manufacturer reaches out to that person and they don't respond to you. They, they avoid you because, you know, they're maybe they're in debt up to their eyeballs. Maybe they, they things went the wrong way that month or whatever the case may be. So it's, you know, it's it's a you know, it's it's a very strange industry that we're in. And um, there are egos on both sides of that of that aspect. And, um, you know, I like to choose who I work with. So I'm not running and gunning and just trying to blast out and sell sell as much things as I possibly can, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, <clears throat> I would agree. I mean, I think there's, I mean, look, in any business that you do, right, there's going to be challenges. You're going to, there's going to be people who work with you better than others. There's going to be, you know, there, there's always, there's always a headache, right? And it's and one thing I've, I've learned just having people like Abe on the show and, and knowing people like Dave Garofalo and, you know, two guys and, 
people like Kirk Kendall and all, all the retailers I know, right? And you, and, and you, you've been around long enough, you get to know them long enough, and they, you start to hear about some of the things that, you know, go on and stuff. And you hear some of the stories, and it's just like, yeah, there's, there's so much shit that just as a oh. retailer you got to deal with. And it's it's you, you listen to them, and you're like, damn. And it still looks easy. <laughs> You know, uh, Kurt's always been very nice to me. I will say, though, Abe, um, he's fucking been great. You know, I met him probably eight years ago, nine, maybe longer, shit, maybe 10 years ago at a Drew Estate event that he was doing. And, you know, I talked to him briefly at that time. I was just getting in the industry probably two, three years. And I was like, man, you fucking work pretty hard. And, and he's like, thanks, man. Like, you could tell that by saying that, you know, he appreciated it. You know, he wasn't like, piss off. You know, and then as time has kind of progressed, we've our paths crossed way a few times. He's he's invited uh, me to the Great Smoke a few times. And, you know, if I'm going down south, I like to stop in and see him uh, just to kind of bullshit. He doesn't carry my product. I'm not you know, I'm not pushing him for the sale or whatever. Um, but he's you know, I have a good relationship with the guy. You know, he's never uh, he's never mistreated me, you know, yeah. and a person of that magnitude that sells that kind of volume they definitely could have that ability to treat a smaller retailer or brand owner like, Hey, fuck you, you know, but, um, he didn't, he, you know, so I, I, I got nothing but respect for that guy, you know? Yeah. Like I said before, I mean, he's at the, at the end of the day, go ahead, Mitchell. It sounds like, it sounds like they just, you know, you're just looking for open, honest and, uh, and just grateful communication. You know, it's just like, just say something at least you know <laughs> it sounds so simple right but it's not apparently it's not that fucking easy that's the crazy part um it really isn't i just don't get it so but with that being said i'm definitely not the richest guy in the cigar industry and not by a fucking long shot right um but i am perfectly comfortable telling somebody to go fuck themselves and i just don't want to deal with them you know what it's like eh, i'm good bro you know you don't need the product that bad and I don't need the fucking sale that bad, you know? So I wish you the best, I, but what you're doing doesn't fit, really fit my format. And we just go our separate ways. I just think that, and I sleep better at night that way. I don't, I don't, I don't stress that much about it. You know, I know that the guys that I work with, um, they're fucking, they're great. They're, they're killers. They do a fantastic job as retailers. And I don't care if they're buying, 50 boxes or five, you know, because I know I've learned that every demograph is different. Every location is different. Like all I ask is that, you know, you give me a, a decent presentation in your humidor and you know, you're excited and you, you like the product. If you're, if those things don't correlate with your shop, then I don't just don't care if I'm in there or not. I'm like, all right, cool. So, yeah, I mean, I would say at the end of the day, as long as you're, as long as someone's phone's ringing, I think yeah. that was my my wife's my wife's computer. So ah, okay. and my son's crazy calling me. Are we are we gonna <laughs> is, this, is this gonna be a it's gonna be a problem? <laughs> not that ready for the decline. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I mean I would say look, you know, it, everyone runs their business however that works for them, and as long as it works for you, as long as you're still making money. You know, anyone's free to run their business however they want to, and I think that's all that matters. And you know, if 
you run yours the way you do and it works, then great. Others, you know, do their own thing. You know, we hear people, especially social media, right? I mean, you guys know. I mean, you go on social media, you always get, you always get someone who's yapping and complaining and trying to give someone else a hard time. Like, why don't you do it this way? And it's like, well, you know, at the end of the day, maybe you make a good point. Maybe you don't. But um, clearly, their business is still working for them. So unless, you know, they're on there crying and complaining and saying, like, oh, my God, we have no customers. We're losing money. And, you know, we're trying to do this. And it's like, well, maybe you should make a change. But. You know, at the end of the day, as long as it works for you, then, hey, fuck him, right? You know, all the power right. to you. Um, I did miss, I have to mention one thing. Actually, I have to mention two things, um, of course, because, you know, we have many friends here at Smoking Tobacco who are not always on here with us, but they are always here with us in spirit. And every week they're here to support us. And that is going to, speaking of retailers, let's not forget about... Let's not forget about our friends at TwoGuysCigars.com. Let's get down to business. When you're buying your cigars, doing your retail cigar needs, you want to buy cigars online, head over to the number TwoGuysCigars.com. That's the number TwoGuysCigars.com for one of the biggest, vastest, and exciting collections of cigars in the industry. Head over to the number TwoGuysCigars.com. And while you're at it, head over to CigarBlondie.com and pick up an amazing set of a lighter and a cutter. Amazing quality. You get the double guillotine cutter, the flat blade lighter. There it is. It's running out of fuel. i got to top it up. Um, at CigarBlondie.com. Great quality. They're available in three amazing finishes, chrome, black, and white. Um, so head over there and check those out today. Um, yeah, we uh, – what was I going to say? We, we talked about, about before the show a couple of things. One thing that came up that's random, shot out of a cannon – non-cigar related i just wanted to bring up because i thought it was just hilarious i messaged both of you about this so for anyone who saw tiger king everyone obviously knows about the drama that unfolded from so many different angles but most people remember the whole thing about carol baskin like killing her husband i literally just found it an hour ago from the new york post that apparently she didn't kill her husband they found him he's alive so this guy has been alive the whole time he's been living in costa rica which I mean, I guess that's where they, that's one possibility they thought he may be if he was alive and he was there. And so this guy's had to sit here uh, and watch all of this unfold on TV and, and, and watch people assume that he was put through a meat grinder or fed to a tiger. And he's like, I mean, I'm just doing my thing. Just Did he have some kind of uh, insurance fraud or some shit like that? Because, I mean, he was declared dead in the U.S. Well, that's the thing. I'm not sure, but. I would assume if he came back to the U.S., he would have to at least say, like, hey, I'm not dead, or, you know, if he... Well, because, yeah, I think he did, because she got it, I think, but I don't know. That's a good question. How does that work? Right. Maybe maybe he was just really, really sick of Carol Baskin, and that was uh, that was his only way out, was to fake his death and blame it on her, you know? <laughs> That's uh, To be honest with you, Mitchell, that's probably that's probably the most likely scenario. He's like, I was, just got to make people think I'm dead. It was like, and I heard uh, Costa Rica's growing some good tobacco over there. I'm going to go become a tobacco farmer and roll roll cigars. He probably... I, he, I can't he, deal with he, Carol Baskin anymore. He probably also never thought, like, oh, hey, there's going to be this massive documentary that comes out. And, oh, by the way, it's going to come out when everyone is forced to stay in their house and watch TV. So literally yeah. the whole world is going to see this documentary about how my wife probably killed me. And it's going to bring more attention to my situation. Probably did not cross his mind. 
So, no. well, in in the article it says the FBI and what like central like uh, intelligence has been watching him since like 2002. <laughs> like they knew he was alive and they just like allowed all this Netflix stuff to happen and like. I guess they like couldn't say anything. Like so weird. Maybe they were hoping they could just smoke him out with it. Like, hey, you know what? Maybe he'll come out of hiding. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But no, I thought that was interesting. Really random. Anyway. Very. Very very strange. Um. So Mike, you know, talking about Postania, uh, this cigar is fantastic. Um. Remind me, where is the cigar made? Nica Sueño, uh. Roma Craft Tobacco Factory. Got that man backo in there. Got the man backo. You know, we got to get Skip on the show at some point. You know, I have to ask you. So, working with Skip, I mean, I know you know Skip pretty well. Uh, what has that experience been like for you? I mean, I, I, I haven't, to be honest, I, I haven't really had the opportunity to, to chat with Skip myself a lot. Um, but he's definitely he's definitely someone I've always wanted to to kind of get to know a little bit more of. And, you know, I know he does. He makes some amazing cigars. But yeah. just speak speak a little bit about that too. I mean, you know, he's he's definitely he's definitely good at what he does. He has been a great friend and mentor for over a decade. Him and Michael, um, you know, sitting down with him and always having conversations on personal levels and business levels and you know tobacco levels have been done nothing but benefit me and you know i i carry myself differently because of him and there are things that he's told me that that echoes every day in my life you know i mean even simple shit just like are you a good person be a good person and you don't think that like that statement has resonates at all but i carry myself every day in every action that I do because of those conversations, you know, right. as, as dumb as it may sound, even like stupid shit at the gym, you know, I'll make sure that I, I, you know, weights get put back in the right spots. And if somebody else doesn't do it, I don't bitch and moan about it. I'll just take care of it. You know, uh, you know, just things like that. They, they may sound trivial, but if everybody did those simple things, when no one else was watching, then I think that the world would be a hundred times better. You know, as far as the tobacco aspect goes, I think that he has access and he gets some of the best tobacco on the planet. And it's very hard to make something shitty when you have good tobacco as a basis. Right. Of course. So, so, you know, when they were just kind of getting started, and they were probably a couple of years into it. I said, Hey, I want to make a cigar. He's like, all right. You know, at that time things were a little bit easier. So I went in and I blended a cigar and I used a Habano wrapper and a Habano binder and it kind of overwhelmed. And he knew that I was making a mistake, but he let me blend it anyways. He's like, okay, what do you taste? And I'm like, Habano. And he's like, yeah. So you need to go back in and kind of tweak this and, and look at things a little differently to create a great cigar. And then as time progressed, you know, you learn what tobaccos have sharp notes on the factory floor that will mellow out after 12 to 16 weeks. You know, little things like that um, make a huge difference. So not so not only do I have that ability, have I learned all of those things on a personal level and a business level? I mean, also, you know, the business mind that he is as far as 
Excel sheets and, and breaking things down and all that stuff also is carried into my business. Not at his level. It's just not possible. I'm just, I'm just not as smart as him, I suppose. But, uh, you know, like all of those things. But I can now I have the ability to kind of say, all right, I understand the basis of tobacco. I understand the quality of cigars. I can look at a cigar and tell you what I think about it, what it's worth. Uh, there are even sometimes that I can tell you what's in the tobacco, what's in the cigar, you know, as far as specific leaves, because specific, there are certain ones that really kind of stick out. Right. Absolutely. I can I cannot look at other brands and factories if, and say, OK, if this is your if this is this particular tobacco you have is your strong suit. Maybe I would use that particular wrapper and do a, a couple things differently and I could make a decent cigar or something that's more to my liking out of that factory, which, you know, I got to do last year when I made some of those uh, smaller batch blends with room 101 and uh, Eric Espinosa. Um, and those things were a lot of fun. You know, I would never be able to do those things if Skip never took the time out to really kind of educate me on stuff. And he never lets me cut any corners. You know, if he needs something uh, just recently, he needed something in a rush. And my computer took a shit. So I put it together without having my computer and I didn't finish it. And I was like, Hey, I forgot one thing. Is that okay? And he's like, no, go back in and do it. I'm like, fuck. You know, <laughs> it's easy for him Keeps you to accountable. Do Keeps you accountable. You know what I mean? Yeah, he does a hundred percent. I'm like, all right. And you know, I know that he's right. And I'm like, I, I probably just, so I went back in and I fixed it, you know? And I think that, more people would benefit if they had friends like that than a friend that would fix the problem when you have the ability to fix the problem or show you that you have the ability to fix the problem, if that makes sense. And uh, those are the type of people that I want to be around. So, you know, he's well-educated. He's, he's, a, he's a, a great friend, an amazing person. And, you know, I'm very fortunate to have met them early on in their, their, uh, walk into the cigar industry as well as my own, at least on the brand owning and manufacturing level. So, um, nice, Mitchell. Really quick, everyone uh, from the YouTube side keeps asking what you're smoking. There you go. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, he mentioned working with Eric. So I grabbed myself a Espinosa Laranja Reserva Caixa. Uh, this is yeah, I love this. This this in my opinion the Caixa format and this uh, Reserva. Laranja is, is the best they make. I've had a few different sizes, and uh, this is just uh, so good. Smoking great. Pairing it with some bourbon. Some, uh, I think it's called 10th, 10th Mountain Distillery, something like that. Uh, 10th Mountain Whiskey out of, I think it's out of like Colorado or something. Uh, a buddy of mine brought it in today, so trying it out. I'm a big bourbon guy. Bourbon over scotch for me. Same. Same. I'd say the same. Uh, Mike, so I, I assume Mike, you're you're smoking a pastanya tonight. I am. I am. Oh, Mike. Yeah, no, Mike. No, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I'm smoking a pastanya broadleaf. I mean, new cigars come in and all the time, and I, I always try them. You know, I, I always smoke them. Usually, you know, if I trust the the brand, like perfect examples, LFD's Solus came in today. I thought it was a great cigar. I smoked that today. Mm -hmm. But I have my my normal routine. You know, I usually smoke an EC Brotherly Kindness. A Postania Habano, uh, then I kind of gravitate towards a broadleaf, and then I usually smoke back-to-back -back Neanderthals at the end of the in the end of the night. So that's usually my normal routine. Sometimes I'll sprinkle some Cro-Mags in there, 
and some other things, but normally that's, that's kind of my go-to route, right? So this came on at seven o'clock, seven thirty, eight o'clock is usually my broadleaf time. So, you know, that's when I'm smoking. Yeah. You mentioned the Neanderthal. That is, that is one cigar of skips that I would say it's probably my favorite. And I think a lot of people would probably say that, but I, I really enjoy that cigar. And it's funny because I haven't had any of those in a while and I'm definitely due. So I'm going to have to grab some of those soon, but yeah, that, that is a fantastic fucking cigar. Um, I bring a home probably every 20, 20 days or so, 25 days, because I usually smoke two a night, right? Maybe 30 days if you don't smoke two every single night. And I'll tell you what, man, there's nothing that, uh, there's no greater feeling than bringing home a gigantic box of HNs, unwrapping it, and then just completely filling your humidor with them. Um, I fucking, like, I look forward to it, and I'm actually officially. <laughs> cigar i'm gonna be out so tomorrow i'm gonna to bring home another box of hn so you know that that's san nice. andreas what's amazing about you know what i've learned about cigars is san andreas is a, is a great wrapper right a lot of people can make a good san andreas cigar the hard part is figuring out what you need to put in the filler so that you get additional flavor profiles off of that cigar and they have nailed it with that hn they've nailed it with a neanderthal blend in, in its entirety. So, yeah, I mean, I gravitate towards them every night. Um, Mitchell, do you guys have Roma Craft up there? Uh, in Canada, we don't get Rum Craft, but I've been fortunate enough that some of my friends who've gone in and out of the States have given me uh, a Chrome Eggs. So I've had some Chrome Magnums, and honestly, like, again, definitely Manbaco in there, but I would say one of the greatest retro hails I've ever tasted was on a Chrome Magnum. This was a quite it was quite well aged i think it had five years on it four years on it so yeah it was it was super good besides that i haven't actually been able to explore anything else by uh by roma and but i, I definitely want to get my hands on some yeah and, and everyone asking for the bottle pool i don't have the bottle with me <laughs> <laughs> also it's a shared bottle i'm not just gonna you know don't be shy in it don't. Don't be you got to work on the background for you. If you're going to be here officially, we need to do something because right now, hey, you, we, I mean, it I looks like a, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a, for a sponsor, you know, guys sponsor for the, for yeah. the studio here. Anyone, anyone out there looking to sponsor the studio out here in beautiful British Columbia, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's you the the part. could be the Postania studio. Oh, wow. Don't do a dry bag like that. Don't put them on the spot. All depends on the price. Could be the cigar hustler studio, you know. I'm just the BDP the studio, yeah. cigar hustlers podcast studio on smoking tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> tobacco, you know. It's it's the satellite studio, you know. Yeah. The Canadian yeah. the Canadian division. Canadian, um, the Canadian division. The Wonderlust that that is, Skip does too is that only for Europe? I know it's not here, but they don't get that in Canada, right? It's just for Europe. Yeah, it's Germany, yeah. Oh, Germany, okay. Oh, Someone... I mean, but Germany distribution for all of Europe, I think, or something like that. Yeah, because a lot of times I see a lot of European exclusive stuff, and it always goes to Germany. Like, I, like I think Drew Estate's Bauhaus is, is specifically Germany. Um, right. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Um, they actually have a for them. What's crazy, though, is a lot of those Wonderlust just find their way back to the U.S., Someone someone told me, and I don't know if it's true, but does the Wonderlust have Cuban tobacco in it? 
I think the original blends may have, but they don't. I don't think it does anymore. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I was curious. All a, it's all a big mystery. Yeah. Life's I mean, greatest comes, undisclosed. If it comes from Cuban lands in Nicaragua. Is it still Cuban? I mean, I don't. Who knows? Who knows? I know, right? I mean, who's to say? Um, <laughs> you know, talking about retail, you know, Mike, I know that, you know, we, we touched a little bit on this earlier, but as a retailer, you know, we don't get to have a lot of retailers on the show. I mean, last night we had a, but you know, we had a lot on the, the docket with him. So we didn't really get to go into any, any side topics, but you know, as a retailer, you know, we talked a lot about the brand and, and everything you guys do there and working with skip and the factory and the blending, but, and aside from all the ordering and all that other stuff. When it comes to the customer base, right? First thing I want to first thing I want to ask you right now, um, what trends are you seeing in the retail store among customers right now in terms of like what's selling, what's not selling, stuff that maybe you hear a lot of people talk about, but when you actually talk to someone who's in the store every day, who could say, "Yeah, it's funny, everyone talks about it, but they don't sell." Um, what, what are you What are you seeing right now? Well, I think that there's a lot of variables when you make that when you ask that question, right? First and foremost, retailers will sell what they suggest to a consumer more often than not. Something, you know, you're going to have your guys that come in and say, hey, what's new? And they're going to want to try something new. But if something comes in that a retailer or the employees really like, they're going to tell everybody about that product, right? So I think a good uh, example of that would be that Almac. When the Almac hit, I, I smoked it at PCA. I'm like, man, this is this is a banger. This is going to be the cigar of the year for sure. I mean, this is the one. And it's the Claro Corona Gorda, so not the Maduro. But the Olmecs in general were all really good. So we started turning through a lot of those. Uh, they're still trending. And then, of course, now you see them popping up on everybody's cigar of the year list, which I'm not surprised at all. You know, um, so, you know, they're hitting now, for me in particular, I mean, we're a Roma Craft store. We're a Posanya store. So those things are always going to consistently sell in our shop, right? Because for one, we believe that they're the best cigars on the market. And for two, you know, there are some of them are our cigars. I mean, we blended them with of that course. belief. So, so people are going to come in looking specifically for those things. Uh you're going to always have your, your money crystal white guys. You're never going to turn that guy off of them. And if you try to, all you're going to do is piss them off. You know, so you always, you're, you're always going to have that. You're always going to have your Romeo and Julieta dude. You're always going to have your quorum guy, your, your, your factory throw out bundle guys. You know, those, those people will always be the same. They're never going to change. They're set in their ways. Even like the eight, five, eight dudes and all that other stuff. They don't want anything else. So, you know, what's going to trend and sell in your store is what you think is really good or what your employees think is really good. And I would say right now that would definitely be the OMAC. For sure. Yeah. We, we had that on our list. We had the Toro Maduro on our list yeah. and Mitchell. I mean, you, you missed a little, you were close. You were close. <laughs> <laughs> we, it was in the top 10 though. Wasn't it Mitchell? Where, do you I, remember where that was? I'm trying to remember. I think it placed just as, was it like 12? It's a long list. I can't remember, and I should know, but that hit, that, that hit on multiple platforms, right? As far as the Almac in general, a lot of people thought that that was a fantastic cigar, and it is. It really is. I mean, the fucking label's terrible. I mean, it looks like a fucking guy with a leather football helmet, you know. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. 
you know it's uh it's still a you know it's still a great cigar you know nick is he's a great blender he's very talented in that aspect he makes great cigars and he he is a guy that can play to a factory strengths you know he's like when he wants to put something together he knows what he needs to use he knows the tobacco that they have the access that they have and what that ability what it'll turn into and what it'll look like so yeah nicole brought up Nicole, right when we smoked them, did, yeah, we bought the last. Nicole, we bought the last of. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was the Claro Toros, um, that they had that when we were in there. Yeah, we it was something. It was a particular size, but yeah, we 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 bought like the last of what they had, and they had only had them for like a week, so they 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 were they were going quick. I remember when they first landed at stores. I remember I was like, I got to get up there, and I went to the store and, um. Yeah, some of the sizes they were already already gone. Um, right. They they did they went fast and you know it was funny because Nick was on with us last week and we talked a lot about you know Olmec and the Senninger and um, some of the other stuff he did a he did a firecracker release last year so he he's he the consensus was kind of that he was a little quiet for a few years but then he came back but he came back with all of these things and he even has you know more stuff he kind of teased for for TPE and PCA that you know maybe we'll see but. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it was good to see him at the show and, and it was good to see him with some new releases and, um, it, you never want to say, and Mike, I know you could probably speak to this too, and you probably will agree. You never really want to go to a guy and say like, oh, he's putting out a cigar. It's, it's definitely going to be good because everything's going to be good because, you know, people can, people can make mistakes and make flops, but there are people, you know, and, and, and Skip would be one of those people. Nick Melillo is one of those people. Uh, you, you hear new cigars coming out, but automatically, you have extremely high hopes just because their track record has always been, you know, banger, 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 new cigar. It's probably going to be a banger. Um, right. Do cigars flop sometimes? Sure. Of course. I mean, it, it, it happens sometimes people put stuff out and it's just not well received. Consumers are like, eh, I just didn't like it, you know, and, and that happens and you kind of pivot and you move on. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, but there's also not a lot of people who I feel can put out cigars that are consistently always being, so extremely highly acclaimed um like the olmec was i mean that was and like you said i i smoked it too uh right off the bat and i was like this is gonna be this is gonna be something it really is i'm I'm very excited and sure enough it came out and there it was um sorry i'm getting do you think uh, it do you think it do you think it lands pretty high on the consensus uh that's true the, the consensus is coming out yeah i think it will i think, I think so. it could land in the top three spot pretty easily. Well, wow. It's, it's a question of, are we just question, are we just making the statement of all Mac in general, or are we talking specifically one Vitola, one blend? You know what I mean? Like that's where things can get a little bit murkier, but yeah, I, I don't know if when, the consensus like takes into consideration Claro versus Maduro, because it's definitely been a pretty strong split between the two. Like I haven't really seen one favorite over the other so far. There's been a lot of lists with the Claro, a lot of lists with the Maduro. I don't think they're Vitola specific though, for because that would just make it even more difficult. The half row yeah. consensus. Yeah, the half row yeah. consensus. You know, I, I mean, I will say this though: when when somebody makes a new blend or they make a new cigar. There are so many other things to consider too. Like if you're a bold, if they're known for making a bold cigar, maybe they're trying to uh, obtain another consumer on that mild to medium level. So, you know, obviously it won't stick in that level, you know, with the, with those original consumers. The other thing too, is how was it marketed? You know, the, the marketing is huge. 
it, uh, I got into a little bit of a, of a spat with Casey and my boy, Casey Aldominio. I always screw up his last name, but he's like, influencers suck. I'm like, no, influencers don't suck. Influencers don't suck. You know, having influencers talking about cigars and promoting cigars could bring new people into the industry. And, and the fact of the matter is that we always need new consumers in this industry. So, you know, uh, you can't shit on. I, I, and, you know, believe me, there are a lot of influence. I'm like, I don't bother with. I don't want to see what they're posting. I don't care. But I know that they could have that reach to somebody. They could turn a person that's not a cigar consumer into a cigar consumer. Right. So I would never say that they're they're bad for the industry or they're a waste or anything like that. Some of them know shit about cigars. I don't care. I don't care. Let them let them promote. Let them build because you can't promote cigars like you can anything else. You know, you won't see cigars uh, in Sports Illustrated or, or anything like that. You won't you won't see a commercial for Camacho, you know, like that's not going to happen. You'll see a, a commercial for five different types of medications that you need to be on for depression, ED meds, hair loss, you know, HIV, all those other shit. But you won't see anything because it's illegal to talk about cigars because, you know, cigars, the devil. So any way that that this industry can reach new consumers, I'm for it's just that simple there, you know, it, that's what makes the most sense to me. So definitely. I think, I think it's well said. I mean, I, I think that there's definitely like there's positives and negatives to everything. Right. But there's, there's definitely some positives to, to that. I think my yeah. only, my only gripe with some of the influencers is I think some of them, I think some of them overstep their boundaries sometimes with certain know things. Who I am? Do you know who I am? I have <laughs> on Instagram that I paid for because <laughs> yeah. you know oh, they all yeah, buy their know, followers how many <laughs> follow me and they can be as a PCA and all this other shit I, I understand all that you know but uh, you know you have as, as, a, as a brand owner or a manufacturer you have to be patient with everybody you can't just lose your mind on somebody you know, because they're intervening, even if they're being inappropriate. Say, hey, listen, I'm sorry, I'm not available right now. You know, I'm in the middle of something and we will have to get back to you. You know, um, I think it's important to always kind of carry yourself that way. You know, just because you don't like maybe somebody doesn't know. Yeah. Maybe they're just being fucking stupid. No, exactly. You know, like, look, a guy cuts you off on the road. You can lose your mind on that person. Right. Or you could say, man, that guy must, maybe that guy's got to really take a shit or something. I don't know. You know, maybe he's having a bad day. Maybe he walked in on someone fucking his wife. Who knows? And just move on. Right. A lot of possibilities. So, you know, yeah. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> believe me. Very specific it possibilities. <laughs> it is, you know, like, I always try and put things in my mind that make me laugh. You know, um, I always try. I always try and and flip the switch as fast as I can because if not, it's very easy for me to go down that hole and to chase that guy down the road, you know, and to do all that stupid shit that really doesn't do anything for me. So, um, I try and Crushing convey that whatever. Crushing the for breakfast. Yeah, whatever. You know, it's just like, hey, you know what? I don't. I don't need. I don't need this war. You know, I don't need this fight. This this fight doesn't make sense for me. Right. And, you know, learning to let it go is probably the hardest thing to learn. But when you do, 
it's just life's a little bit better for you, not for them. I mean, they're already having a miserable fucking day, right? But, you know, I can't control that. I All I can, can control is how I respond to a situation. So if an influencer is going to be all up in my shit, you know, I can politely t- tell them to calm down. Now, if they want to, if, if they continue to intervene, you know, don't take my kindness for weakness. You know, <laughs> there's always, there's always that fine line, True. you know, but you, you know, you always try your best to just de-escalate a situation and just let it go, you know, to the best of your ability. You know, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you, it, it kind of, for, first of all, I have to say, for both of you, in the beginning of the show, I don't know if Garrett's still with us, but we're, we're going to talk about him in a second because I got to do the news segment and we're going to talk about uh, Garrett really quickly. But Garrett came out of the gate showing a lot of love for Mike, saying, I don't care what anyone said. I think he said something along the lines of, I don't care what anyone says. I know you don't use steroids. I know those muscles are real. And then I think he said something about, I know that hair is natural. There's no hair transplants or something like that. Now I got now I got the the YouTube side. I got I got a lot of the guys in here just going to town on Mitch. They just they 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 love Mitch for some reason. One guy says uh, Mitch cured my ED. Um, there you go. Good I mean, job, Mitch. You know, Mitch, man. I, Mitch, I, uh... you know, I, I Mitchell. I think I think I think you're gonna pan out really well with the with the viewers on this show. I think. You've already proven yourself a smash hit, and it's only been one show. These guys think you know, you're the, a stud. The people love me. The people love me. That's yeah. all I got to say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Mike Palmer's here, too. Um, oh, BDP's, man. BDP's out in here. He's here. He said, please. First, he said, please send me ransom for Mikey. Uh, Venmo Cash. And then he said uh, he gets a shot in the pee-pee. Um, th- there's a lot going on in this chat room. I don't know what it is, but, you know, it's funny because last week – um, when, when Melillo was on, uh, he didn't realize he could see the comments until like the end. And I just, it, I just, I see him like pause and I just see this smile on his face as he's, as he's going through them. And he just goes, Oh, so there's, there's comments that I can see here. And I'm like, Oh yeah. And he's like, man, there's, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in here tonight. Uh, <laughs> uh, if we, if only we could have gone longer, it would have been great that once he knew, but, uh, yeah, no, that was it get it gets wild in there. Um, actually, Mike, I'm, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this next thing after. I, I do want to hit the news really quick because I don't want I don't want to forget it. Our news is once again brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars. If you head over to McAuliffeCigars.com today, you can sign up to become an official ambassador. While you're at it, head over to Facebook and join the McAuliffe Ambassadors Group. Only McAuliffe Cigars. Um, pretty easy, pretty quick. Somebody that we all know, somebody we already kind of talked about. Um, news story from last week. Don Doroteo. Uh, Don Doroteo is a is a smaller boutique brand of cigars. If you haven't heard of them, check them out. Uh, they announced that none other than Garrett Robinson will be the vice president of sales uh, at that brand. And according to Garrett, he will still be involved with Help Out That Cigars show um, on Monday nights. So that's great because I do enjoy watching Garrett on there. But he also will now be taking a more – he was doing some brokering, some cigar brokering. Um last year and now he's going to be taking another step forward and kind of taking the reins at a at a full-blown brand um all to himself he'll be in charge of a sales team that i assume he'll be building as the year goes on so as someone that we know from the media side and we've known for a while and 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 as a personal friend uh i wish him nothing but the best and congratulations and i hope it works out for him and 
hopefully he does great things. So I just want to give that shout-out to him really quickly uh, for our news segment this week. That was once again brought to you by McAuliffe Cigars. Um, yeah, Mike, one of the things I was going to ask you was kind of sort of transitioning while well, it's kind of staying on the retail topic. You know, I, I have these conversations with people from time to time, and I even have, like, with not only just, like, the retail shop owners or the people who work there who kind of there every day, but even, like, the other people who go into shops and they like to, you know, have a cigar and hang out in the lounge and, and stuff they observe. But what is, like, the one thing that people, like customers or people, whatever, that do when they come in, they have a cigar, they're in the lounge, whatever or whatever it is they do when they're buying, what's, like, the one thing that they do that drives you crazy? inside the shop the one thing i'll tell you i'll tell you the one thing that <laughs> i know you will that's why i asked <laughs> is they some of them will piss on the seat in the fucking bathroom really or the floor i didn't see I that coming Floor pissers. <laughs> how these we're talking about grown-ass men here what is going on what does your bathroom look like at your house i mean dude fu for fuck's sake they're you afraid got, to touch their pee I mean, bro, pick up the seat. Aim in the bowl. Don't be a fucking savage, you know? Um, I just don't get that. How is that? This is not a hard thing to do. And if for, for whatever reason, you piss on the floor, fucking clean it up. You know, just take the two seconds out of your life to, to clean up your own piss that's on the floor. I don't... You know, there are so many, you, I don't care if you bring a cigar in, maybe that'll irk me a little bit or whatever, or, you know, all these other things, but that drives me nuts. It's just complete lack of respect, you know, and what do you do at home? Like what, what happens? Yeah. Respect I mean, the lounge. Like it's, it's your house, man. It's funny. You mentioned Casey before and now Casey's here watching and he, and he, he and, is. And he, and he commented. Yeah. Sniffing cigars <laughs> through the cello, through the cello. Oh, I know. Yeah, the cello. But oh, I don't have you know what? That doesn't even bother me. Uh, you know, people. You know, what do you smoke? The Maduros. Okay. You know, that, that stuff doesn't even irk me. You it's know, smooth. I just figured they don't. This guy doesn't know. Yeah, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, and I don't. That doesn't aggravate me. Maybe it did at one point in my life, but it doesn't anymore. So. What what aggravates me is if someone is a complete savage in the store and they don't take care of their stuff. Yeah, it, it, you can't you can't be mad at ignorance, right? It's like sometimes they just no one told them, right? And maybe someone just needs to tell them. But you know, you can be mad at some like you should know to not just piss on the floor, right? I've had, <laughs> like that's just we've had, we've had people steal the toilet paper out of the bathroom, you know. <laughs> And that shit's laughable to me. I'm just like, you can't buy toilet you know, paper. You got to steal from at the, the end of the day. It's gotta be rough. It's gotta be you rough. Know. Whatever's going on in your house, exactly. You know, you that guy probably because that guy really probably be, needed you know, it. Three, two, three ply. We need, it needs to be squishy. You know, I, you know, we want to make sure that you have a good experience at cigar house. So, so what you're saying is None you spring extra for the toilet paper, and then people come in and they just steal it. And then they complain when the prices go up, you know, or they yeah. or they cry and complain when you need a key to go to the bathroom. You have a bathroom? Yeah, you, you need you need to buy something. Why? Because I don't want you stealing my toilet paper. That's why. Soon, soon you can give them a contract. Be like, yeah, and if you freaking piss on the floor, you gotta clean it. <laughs> Sign here in the dotted line. 
Casey said, well, you, I, I, I could put a camera in the bathroom. Nicole said, I know you can't put a camera in the bathroom, but you should put one outside. Maybe you can narrow down the culprits making uh, a wall of shame. That would be great. If you find out who, who does make the mess, you have a wall of shame. I would much rather have that engaging conversation with like, dude, what the fuck? What the fuck there are you, you doing? You know? Um. <laughs> Casey adds another one. I only smoke Cubans, but do you have flavored cigars? <laughs> he's, just, he's like really agitated all the time he's just very he's very angry i don't know i don't know what's going on i love him to pieces but you know, i love casey just, too but you're right casey's one of those people where it, it doesn't take much to get him upset yeah, you know he needs him you know, he needs to wake up in the morning and get a massage or something i don't know rub one out whatever yeah i don't Start. know maybe he just needs to smoke some weed i don't know I, I just, yeah. he, he needs something Maybe you just need to smoke some more pistania. That's yeah. true. Yeah. He doesn't have access to that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a I had a quick question on the pistania thing. Um, you know, this year, all the li we were talking about lists before, and uh, you made a you made a high rating on a prestigious list this year. The only one that matters. The Watch Deck Toro, twenty twenty, on Coop's yep. list. You hit number four. Yeah. How does yeah. uh, how'd that make you feel? How'd that make you feel? It made me feel pretty good. It made it him really feel like did. shit, Mitchell. What do you think? <laughs> you know, uh, Palmer will trap me from time to time. Like he did a he did a fake post about um, Ojo acknowledging our our podcast, and it was I got duped. I thought for sure I was like, oh wow, fucking Eric's pretty cool. You know, that's it's awesome to get to get a nod or an accolade from somebody else in the industry. And then I found out that it was fake and I'm like, you son of a bitch, you got me. So now everything that I hear, I'm always like, wait a second, is this legit? But it's, it's awesome to get, get a nod from some, especially somebody like Coop who's been in the industry so long, you know, um, you know, whoever it's, it's always, it's always cool to, to get that, that feeling, you know, Cause you do work hard on these things and you always, it's, it's easy to say, Hey, none of that matters to me. I'm making, I'm just making good cigars for me and stuff. But when someone else says, Hey, you're doing all right. You're like, okay, cool. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. You know, for the record, this, and this has to go to the comments, people, this happens from time to time. A certain group of guys come on to watch the show and they comment along. They go, oh, I have a question. I have a question. I have a question. Can I ask my question? Ask your fucking question. Like, if you have a ask question, just ask. Why Why are you asking to ask a question? That's like, well, you know when <laughs> yeah. people go to, hey, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. ask me the fucking question. <laughs> I'll Let's answer. Go, it. What you got? Yeah, what do you got? What's 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 the uh, what's the question that the everyone? Big, the big question. There's a burning question in the YouTube chat right now that apparently, like, is burning. so... You know, and it's gonna, and I know it's it's not even a serious question. I know it's not gonna be a serious question, but it's it's something that apparently to these guys is it's it's hot and heavy. It has to be answered. So while they're how do you play what what Mike? How do you play baseball? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh here we go. And there's another one. Can I ask a question? I'm just gonna ignore you. So you either ask the question or that's it. <laughs> I know where they're all from. They're all they're all the LFD guys. They're all LFD guys. They're all the guys who want Tony to make uh, a hundred ring gauge Andalusian bull, and they for some reason can't seem to understand that it was made very clear from the beginning of the NFT project that there will be no more Andalusian bull blends ever made. That they're not doing it. 
and they keep asking for it. But apparently Tony <laughs> said he'll make something for them, so we'll see there what that go. is. We'll see what it is. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he'll uh, call it the we Big Tony. What'd you say, Mike? See that? We went from not happening to happening. I know, right? It's not going to happen until it happens. <sighs> Man. Um, I lost my train of thought. I'm all fucked up now. See, look, you're getting agitated. It's okay. Like I said, you know. I know. I know. You can't. You can't let other people's. Between between all your brands, like <laughs> um, like I said, you've done some. You've done some other like limited release things. Um, which brand have you found like got the most traction quickly that you were like surprised? You were just kind of like, oh, I'm gonna do this. You know, obviously you hope every brand's good, but something that you know, obviously your core line is core line you hope that it does the most successful but what have you put out that you're like you know this is something i'm putting out maybe not necessarily just for you but you're like this is something i really think is cool but if it survives i don't care if it does well sweet but it just like did more than you expected i think that that's always kind of my mentality whenever i make a blend or i make a cigar you know i would tell you that consistently what i produce sells at the same level if not a little bit higher each time right so you try and push that limit as you continue to grow and see where the resistance is at. You know, the small runs that I was doing, you know, 5,000 cigars or whatever, they sell out pretty fast. So, you know, then you try and make 10,000 and you see, see what the resist, where the resistance is and where the pullback is. And I think that all of them have done, uh, I guess, better than I thought. You know, because I always have a lower expectation, I guess, to some degree. But when your reputation is your reputation, they should set well. You know, I, I, my personal opinion, I haven't made a bad one. I've made cigars that I love. I love all of them. I smoke all of them. I don't look at one and be like, eh, you know, maybe there's particular Vitolas that I'll smoke more of, but I would smoke all of them. So, you know, they all do very well. And, and what's really kind of interesting is how different ones do in different stores. You know, you might have a store that sells very well on a Habano or very well on a Broadleaf or whatever the case may be. But, you know, when you drop those limiteds or, or your special release stuff, everybody's excited about it and it sells, you know, within 48 hours, you know. I remember when I released the, the Hushachas and uh, Matt Booth was like, He's like, hey, so, you know, I have a couple of retailers that will probably want it as well. I'm like, okay, cool. Let me know. So they drop, uh, you know, I don't like to sell things before they arrive because there's always, there could always be some type of uh, fuckery, whether it's oh, yeah. a delay or or something like that. And it's hard to kind of unwind that, learn that lesson. So when they came in, uh, they, you know, within two days they were gone. And, you know, as I'm driving to the shop, he's like, hey, I got a couple of retailers. I'm like, well, dude. You know, you better tell me who needs them because they're gone. So I have to go back and talk to some of these other retailers and say, hey, listen, I really want to kind of cater to everybody. Is it okay if I take a couple off the top here, a couple off the top here so I can please all parties? So, you know, when you have that, that's a, that's a great feeling. So then you try and make a little bit more. You make a little bit more and you see where those resistance levels are and what's going on in the market. So, um they, you know, they've all, they've all done really well, man. I'm very fortunate, very, very grateful for the people who I work with and who I continue to work with. Sure. Talking about continuing to work with who, who would you, or can you tell us that you're in 
kind of the works with any new factories, new people right now? Or is there anyone on your list that you're like, I really want to lock this down in the future? Or? I mean, personally, if I can make every single cigar out of Nico Sueno, I would. You know, they're they're my guys and they always deliver. You know, they're consistent. They have great tobacco. So those are the Skip and Michael are, are, are is. But I feel like I'm already working with who I really want to work with. You know, I've always had respect for Nick, Nick Melillo. Uh, I wouldn't, I would love to work with him on making something. I don't ever really see that happening. I don't, I don't ever see that coming to fruition because he's, you know, I feel like whenever I talk to him, he's like, oh, I'm super busy. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. You know, so I don't, I couldn't see that being a thing. And I'm still, like I said, I'm very happy with, with, with who I have. So, when the opportunity came up to really kind of produce the things that I wanted to produce this year with Skip, I was like, I put everything else on hold, you know? Yeah. Without question. It's like, you, you, had, you had to go all in on it. And, and it sounds to me like, you know, you have a system that works for you and it's like, why, why fix something that's not broken? Right. Yeah. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, so if, if things that happened, if things had changed, if, if, Skip was having issues with tobacco or issues with uh, finding finding the, the capacity to make and produce my cigars. Then I would be like, okay, who who do I like to work with? Well, it's people who I know and trust, you know. So I know and trust Eric Espinosa. I know and trust Matt Booth. I know and trust Nick. You know, those are three guys that I could think of off the top of my head that I could call and say, hey, look, I want to work with you to do something. Can we make it fit? You know. Uh, Outside of that, I mean, those are my guys. You know, Skip and Michael are my dudes, and those other dudes are probably my number twos. Casey sure. actually asked an interesting question here. I'm reading with. I'll read it with. Right now. <laughs> with the way the market is moving, that most robustos are ten dollars plus, and a consumption yeah. adjustment already starting to take effect. How does this affect future products coming out? Future products for me or future products in general? Are we talking about? Yeah, Casey. Are we, how specific are we on that question? As far as I'm concerned, I'm going to produce the same. I'm going to continue with the projections and the growth, the ability that I, I believe I can sustain. So if I'm marking 15 to 20% growth on on an annual basis, I'm going to continue to produce those numbers. Yeah, he said if, for, uh, if for I, you. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to produce those numbers regardless. I'm not. Here's what I have learned. I have learned that the real growth for any any industry, any any retail shop, brand owner, manufacturer happens in those gaps, right? And what do I mean by that? When everybody else pulls back, you push forward, right? And you know, if your price points mean that consumers are smoking less, then you have to figure out ways to keep them uh, stimulated, right? And to and and continue to engage and purchase and and support your products. So. I don't believe in, in, in scaling down in that scenario. If anything, I believe in ramping up, you know, if you were prepared when, when COVID hit as a retailer, if you had an online uh, presence and it didn't have to be a great online presence, it just had to be an online presence and you had the ability to contact and ship to customers, then your retailers that closed down or, or, you know, totally locked the doors, you could fill that gap and you could boost up and you could produce more sales. So, you know, if, if brands are going to pull back and I think that he's right that you're going to see a lot of uh, brand owners and manufacturers scaling down or, or, or closing their doors. 
but you know, I believe that you need to push. That's where you, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where you fi- fill that gap and you gain new, new consumers. So I don't see me pulling back. I mean, to be honest, $10 for Robusto is definitely the new normal, if not more. Yeah. 12 13 dollars and i think that the consumers realize that and and they're okay with it you know i do i i i can't if your consumer was a 10 dollar cigar consumer and now that cigar is 12 dollars, i can't see them being like fuck i'm not smoking this cigar what, what do you got that's eight bucks well you know? honestly like at the end of the day you look at how much everything else around us is going up and cigars are are actually like they haven't gone up as much as everything else so even though it is at the like a luxury good it still holds good value for your money and your time, you know? And yeah. And let's be honest, your cigar consumer, you know, they, they like to smoke that cigar. They, 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 they're already doing it. It's not, you know, yeah, they could smoke less. Uh, I can't really see too many of them smoking less, you know, maybe your, your fly by night guys that you, you know, what is a, a cigar consumer? Is, is, is your average cigar consumer the guy that smokes one cigar a day or a week or, you know, uh, two cigars a month? You know, that guy, he's not making, you know, he may buy five cigars for that month and he only smokes two or three, right? That's why all of these manufacturers have always done deals or discounts or incentives with, hey, if you buy X, you're going to get more, right? Because they know that if a consumer comes into the shop and they leave with more cigars, they're going to smoke more cigars, Right. So I can't really see, you know, I, I'm not pulling back. If anything, I took all my chips and I shoved them in. I, I, you know, I've never spent so much money on tobacco ever until this year. So, yeah. And Mitchell, I mean, we want to talk about price. Mitchell's in Canada. So, I mean, you want to talk about prices of cigars. I mean, I mean, your taxes alone up there got to be crippling. Yeah, it uh, depends on the province, but anywhere between 280 to up to 400% on uh, on tobacco. So you're looking at four, a $10 Robusto costing you anywhere between 22 to $40 up here retail. Um, you know, we still have shops open. And so and you look at the whole rest of the world and who smoke a lot of Cuban stuff, and Cubans are way outside that price point and people still go to them right it's uh if if the quality is there people people are going to enjoy it right and if that's 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 the end right it's uh i don't i don't think i don't think that the the market's going to have like some massive crash that people uh think or all of this it's prices are going up everywhere in all things and people still enjoy cigars. Well, I mean, the other thing you got to remember too is, especially when you talk about Cubans, um, you know, it doesn't really affect people like me and Mike here in the U S but you know, for people who are watching outside, I mean, uh, cause we have an international viewership and listenership and yeah, I mean, you look at Cohiba and Trinidad, I mean, the MSRP on those recently just went up 300%. So first yeah. you're, you're talking about, getting a, a Cohiba Robusto for like 80 bucks a stick and then you go to a place in Canada you add the tax to it I mean that's over $100 for the, a, a Cohiba Robusto the crazy part is even at that price they're sold out everywhere you can't even buy them you can't even yeah. get them stocked they sell out so fast so China takes- 
Yeah. That's true. China it's does true. take they a lot do, of them. <laughs> well, China, I've well, never run station in general. It just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, it's just I'm just really dumb, I guess. But if the the they print the money, they make the money, and then they take it back for something else. Like, why not just leave it alone? And then if you want to put it on something else, just print the money for that, and they'll put it over there. I like, wouldn't that make sense? I mean, you know, I don't know. World economics. Yeah, yeah. Habanos, Habanos has been pretty public that the fact that their their pricing is based off of the the Hong Kong market in China specifically, and you know it really comes to no surprise because if anyone follows um, that side of the business, and again it's more so outside the U.S., but um, you know people like myself follow it, you know for for these reasons. Um, the half of Habanos was owned by Altidus USA a few years ago. They sold that to right. a Chinese company. So now you you got to remember that half of Habanos is owned literally by China. So of course, like they're going to want to make sure that they get their allocations. They want to price it based on their country. And right. Chinese people, the one thing I've noticed, not really Chinese, but Asians in general, that market, there's a demand for, for luxury, right? And oh, they yeah. will, and they will pay for it. So you have to understand, you know, you look at their mindset. It's like, well, we know, that in like Hong Kong for specifically uh, people, there's a market where a lot of people are willing to pay these prices. So why not just raise the prices and make everyone pay for it? And like Mitchell said, they raise the prices and they're still sold out. Um, you know, it, and it's, it, but again, yeah, it's, it's economics, but, and I think the new world stuff is, is probably not that extreme, but I think that you'll, you definitely seeing some good price increases on a lot of stuff. I mean, I know Davidoff has slowly started to kind of raise stuff. There are, not Cuban, but they're an international brand. So I mean, you have to understand too that the, you know Davidoff obviously goes up against everything that the Cubans are around the world. Yeah, and, and then you can look at the U.S. market. The U.S. market's the largest cigar market. So um, I think eventually it'll it'll trickle in more here. But I don't just I just don't think we're quite there yet. But yeah, I mean everything's going up, um, and it's only a matter of time till it gets worse. And that's why you know the whole FDA thing here in the U.S. I mean. You know, you want to start regulating cigars more and raising the taxes and stuff, and it makes them more expensive, and this is why. I mean, you know, uh, they wanted to start doing taxes by weight. You know, yeah. all the guys that like larger larger cigars, I mean, the bigger the cigar, the, the more it's going to cost because of its weight and tax. It's it's crazy. There's a lot of craziness that goes on out there. So, um, But anyway, kind of moving on as we get towards the end of the show. We only have a, a few minutes left here. Um one of the last things I wanted to, uh, it's been a long day. Um, <laughs> one of the, la one of the last things I wanted to bring up here tonight on the show with you guys, first of all, thank you both for being here. Mitchell, congratulations on being here on the show. You've done a great job. Um, you've gotten a lot of love tonight. Mike has too, but Mitchell, you've, you've gotten a fair amount of love tonight. So, um, yeah, I'm glad to be here with you guys. I know it's this a good is, show. this is going to be good. What, first of all, what'd you think of that? Uh, the cigar you're smoking. Is that your first one or have you smoked this before? For the uh, the Laranja? Laranja, yeah. Oh yeah, this is I've, I've had, yeah I've had a few of these actually. Like I said, I've had a few different Vitolas. Um, huh? Have you been listening? That's what he said. He said that's his favorite size. Oh, sorry, I missed that. I don't know. I just have a, I have a lot on my mind. I have a lot on my mind today. Yeah. You wouldn't believe. You wouldn't believe. No, it's all good. No, I I I love this cigar. It's uh, it's super super tasty. You know, it's. Again, whether it's the orange band or it actually does, you know, it's one of those cigars that kind of gives you that little bit of that orange peel kind of citrusy vibe to it. 
the retro hill is super nice uh nice spice to it yeah it's a it's a really good cigar and and it was it was sad there for a few years that they they had to stop production or had not as much production but uh they're they're back at it again and yeah i, I love the cigar it's smoking really good i'm kind of coming down know, to the nub smoking here. all the way down there uh, one of the last questions I wanted to ask, Mike, I, I've been on shows with you before. I most, I think mostly on How About That Cigar. Um, as we get into a new year, we have a new year, a new year for possibilities, a new year of events and trade shows. I know you mentioned you're going to go to TPE, you're going to go to PCA. Um, we talked last year after the trade show about some of your thoughts. And I'm going to bring this up now because I don't know if I'm going to get you back on the show before or after the trade show this year. Um, but have any of your thoughts on pca changed since the last time we've talked i'm curious because i know you had a lot to say last time what did i say they need to they need to do something they need to get people in you said that they needed to buy a warehouse in texas Um, yes that (laughs) That one resonated i heard a lot of comments about that after that show (laughs) it goes back to vertical integration wouldn't that make sense (laughs) a big area that we all went to i mean you know uh, I, I haven't heard any news of them doing something like that yet, but um, I mean, Ima- dude, imagine they that. just imagine they just bought like a giant space that was you know smoking friendly, and they could run smoking events all year round, make profit off that for the PCA. They can promote the industry through that. It, the biggest dude, thing the, isn't the necessarily storage, the storage alone for the booths. They would crush yeah. on a monthly basis. And you can leave but, it here. I think so. I think the, I think one of the biggest things, like in terms of them looking at other avenues, uh, in terms of like other locations to to have the trade show at, was not only just okay, where can we smoke and house this many people, but where can people go after the fact? Where can people go and eat food? Like all of these people go eat food and then go to a bar and smoke a cigar or, you know, obviously you could just make it like everyone just spends all day at this venue and, you know, it's catered and they're bringing in different food trucks, et cetera. There's obviously things you could do around that to make it just super accessible. But, um, so far that's, that's one of the biggest arguments I've had for them going outside of Vegas. It's like where, like, is there a place with a hotel big enough to, to, to have all these people, right? To, to keep all these people here. Um, and then, like I said, are there enough restaurants? Are there enough amenities for the mass amounts of people that come in? And Vegas is just, they have everything there and it's easy. And unfortunately, the trade show floor is super, super expensive. You know, you hear brands talk about it every year. You know, a power bar costing $500 and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah. One one of the critiques about PC outside of the trade show that I I've contemplated bringing up, and I don't, Mike, I don't know if you even know about this or if you have an opinion one way or the other. But one of the things that happened recently was, and it's and it's nothing. And look, before people get all upset, it's not about it's. This is about PCA. It's not about the other party. It's, it has nothing really to do with them. But last year, one of the big things that PCA did outside of the trade show and their regular stuff is they they released that statement about the packaging, right? I think you guys both know about this. And yep. a lot of that, I think, was directed at people like Ezra Zion, Pravada, 
with some of the stuff that they're doing. We've talked, we've all talked about this, and I'm not really going to get into that specifically. But what I found was interesting was obviously it was it was without saying it was pretty obvious that they were pretty much making that statement towards Pravada Cigar Club, and then I noticed recently that. They did a whole bunch of filming and stuff with them, and they made all this content. They put it online, and they were, like, getting all excited about it. And I just thought it was interesting because I was like, well, you know, like six months ago, you guys were causing a ruckus with this letter you put out basically at Pravada. Like, hey, you know, you guys should stop with all of your your inappropriate packaging and all this. And it started a whole thing, and there was a lot of little beefs with other people after that. and. And then they're kind of going and they're doing stuff together. And I thought like, oh, so I guess was that all just forgotten about? I don't know. I just I just thought it was interesting. I don't know if you guys had any I, knowledge of that. Well, I didn't have knowledge of it. But you know what, dude? It's best to bury the hatchet. It's best to to sit down with people who have different points of views and work shit out. You know, yeah. whether, whether you agree with their format or you disagree with their format, you know, you're going to get nothing done with telling somebody what to do. It's never going to happen. You know, whether, you know, whether you work with them or not, that's a totally different avenue. But, you know, I am, I'm not, I'm not a proponent of trying to shit on somebody and, and, and disagree with, you know, and, and go after them for how they're, they're going about things. I just don't think that it's productive at all. You know, one thing that was really kind of remarkable to me is you, you go to TPE and PCA. You went to the TPE after party with Drew Estate. <laughs> I, I would assume. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is the after party of PCA? I mean, I don't even, no one goes. And I heard the people that went, it was atrocious. You know? The one at the nightclub? Yeah, whatever they did. But I can tell you the one at TPE, that thing stood out. Like, holy shit, man. That was incredible. They had bands, they had all kinds of stuff. Yeah, no, a, lot, a lot of people posted about that that TPE after party. It looked awesome. Yeah, so you know, I mean, I I just mentioned that because there's so many things that PCA does. I mean, I don't think that they should have backed out of the whole cigar consumer day. I don't, you know, they walked that back because they had so much pushback. I think that they needed to sit down with people and figure out the best approach to kind of go about it. And that's what, that's what really got to suck is that everybody has an opinion as to how, how things need to be done. And you're never going to make everybody happy, but you know what, if I'm in a low, I want to be in a location where I can talk with all the brand owners and manufacturers as a retailer. Right. And then as a brand owner manufacturer, I want to be in a location where I can meet a bunch of different consumers. Now I don't want a consumer that's coming up saying, where the fuck is my free ashtray? You know, but I do want that ability to connect with people. I mean, whenever I, I get a chance to meet a good consumer, they get my cell phone number. You know, we become friends. And, you know, if I had that ability at a, at a convention for one more day, I would take it without question, you know, because mm-hmm. I want to meet more people. I, you know, I, I, I think it's awesome that, you know, I was having this conversation with my son. I was like, I think I can fly to any state at this point, And I know somebody there and we can meet up with that person. You know, um, and then he starts asking the hard questions. Like, what about Alaska? I'm like, I might have Alaska. I don't know about Alaska, but maybe Alaska. You know. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure the pausers would would uh, invite you in. That's they're true. big on the smoke. In, they're big on the smoke in, and they're. I'm pretty sure I've seen them. Uh, I don't know if I've seen them smoke your stuff, but I'm sure they would lo- love to have you. 
You know what I'm saying? But that's my point. You know, I yeah. want to be able to meet those people. And if those people are all going to one location, I want to be at that location to meet those people. You know, For sure. if, if you if you don't want to engage with your consumer and you're really kind of full of yourself, of course, you don't want that to happen. Right. Of course, it's you'd much rather just sell sell your product and be on your merry way, you know, but uh, that's just never how I've done business. So, uh, you know, it sucks that they walked that back. They really should have continued forward. With, we're pushing forward with this. We're going to work this out. You know, even if people didn't get free cigars, like here's an opportunity to get in front of your consumers, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, um, and they should get a big warehouse. I don't care where it is. We, it could be on campgrounds. I don't care. You know, yeah. you, you're burning all of this money in Vegas. I fucking hate Vegas. I can't stand it. I hate going. I hate spending $50 on a fucking cheeseburger for service that's subpar where nobody gives a shit. They just want you in and out because they want to get to the next table. You know, um, I'm just not a fan. It's just not for me. And I think that a lot of other people agree that way. You know, you start factoring in your overall costs. All right. And so then you get a budget. You got to figure out, you know, you want to do a nice dinner. You want to do a nice dinner with your friends and the people that you're with. And, you know, it's easy. You can easily drop three, four, five, six thousand dollars on a, on a meal. You know, um, I'd much rather go to the best steakhouse in Texas, spend fifteen hundred bucks. And everybody like, man, that was fucking amazing, you know. I mean, my first, whenever I go to Vegas, the first place I go to is a sushi place. It's off the, off the strip. It's all you can eat. I think it's called Sakana. Sakana, Sakura, sushi. And I crush the I know the place you're talking sp- about, yeah. I go there every single time because I just want to destroy worlds when it comes to salmon. But, you know, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be on the whole, I don't want to be on the strip. I don't want to, you know, everything is ridiculously expensive and I wouldn't mind it so much if the service was there. And I think that's really kind of brings me full circle as to why I like having, giving that service as a, as a retailer and giving that service as a brand owner, you know, and being accessible to people. My wife, I'll tell you, she, my, the fucking phone goes off all the time, you know, text messages, Facebook messages, phone calls, emails, whatever, you know, it's an, it's an ongoing job. It never ends. Hey, well, you, awesome. came, you came in clutch for us tonight, you know? Yeah, you know, I like to I like to be that guy. I like to, you know, it goes back to being a good person, you know. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now, there's fucking chaos in this house. Okay, my wife <laughs> had to go to a parent teacher meeting thing at at six o'clock, and I was under the control of of the three kids. And one kid's got a has a, a low fever. She's you know she's got like a hundred fever that's, that's spiking up and down and up and down and up and down. But you know, we figured it out. You know, we'll put it together. We'll we'll deal with the catastrophe and we'll get through it. You know, I don't. I, I, it's like challenge accepted, as far as I'm concerned. You know. Nice, in, nice. In terms of, in terms of the Pravada thing, um, actually, I, again, I think it is good that the people that they they kind of call out are willing to have the conversation with them and that they're willing to come into a compromise, right? Like just because someone does something that they don't necessarily agree with, doesn't mean that they can't change or talk about why it was done or what they can both do together moving forward to help the industry as a whole. Cause you know, looking at it from either way, you know, I listen to what Brian has to say and I listen to what PCA is putting out there and, all these other people as well that are kind of caught in the crossfire of it. And 
you know, for both of them to put their ego aside and say, you know what, maybe it's better that we look at this from both perspectives. And the the cigar industry has a lot a lot of old school mentalities, right? It's a it's a industry of uh, heritage and things like that. And sometimes bringing in some new blood that sometimes it might stir that some things up can actually solve more issues in the long run than cause them. They might cause some minor issues here and there, and we, we got to point those out. But at the end of the day, they're willing to both compromise and come up with a solution moving forward to help the industry as a whole. And, and hopefully it works out. I really hope it does work out because, you know, both, you know, that it's going to be better for everyone in the end, right? Yeah, and then there needs to be a solution one way or the other. So it's like as long as you guys can can be together and, and talk it out, then, you know, hopefully it leads to good things. Because uh, at the end of the day, regardless of, like, however you feel one way or the other, it's you'd like it just to go away, you know, you, to have no issues. I mean, that's that's really the ideal situation. And, of course, it, you never – in a perfect world, I mean, there's no issues anywhere, but there's always going to be issues. But, you know, if you can – if you can deal with certain ones, um, you know, I, th- I just thought it was, and like I said, it wasn't really anything on specifically on that. It's, I found it interesting. I was like, oh wow, so like they're working together now. That's that's interesting. I wonder if that'll change anything. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? But um, I feel like everyone kind of wants to do what they want to do, and they're probably like Mike said, they're and they're gonna do that. Um, it, but it, it's it's interesting to see um, on that particular issue with those specific people you know does that topic come up again this year i don't know we'll see but um there'll be a lot of there's a lot of time a lot of shows left to talk about pca but i just wanted to pick mike's brain a little bit because i know we've talked about it before and i figured i'd get a little bit of a refresher out of him before we wrapped up so uh but that's really gonna do it guys um good show long show a lot of different stuff going on kind of a last minute preparation for this show we were supposed to have ram rodriguez um he will be on the show February 8th, I want to say, uh, a couple of weeks. Uh, there was just there was some travel stuff that came up, and, and he wasn't going to make it. And then, funnily enough, he actually was going to make it right before the show, but we had already gone with Plan B. So um, <clears throat> thank you both for being here. Mitchell, obviously, thank you for being on here, and I will continue to see you. Mike, thank you for being here with us. I love having you on the show. Um, glad you could be here. Thank you for jumping on last minute. I know it was last minute, so thank you. I really appreciate it, and I know you just said you had stuff yeah, going so on. Thanks so much, Mike. Thank you for making the time. I really appreciate it. And as always, you know, yeah, I know, I know. And, and you're, and you're a trooper. I mean, you, you get through it and, and, and you're there and, you know, you've always been good to me. So that's all I can say. You've always been good to me. So uh, I, I appreciate it. Um, But to everyone listening and watching, thank you for, for being here. Don't forget to like, and subscribe. Uh, wherever you get your podcast from on all the podcast apps, channels, whatever you want to call them, as well as on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Visit smokingtobacco.com for more news and updates. Oh, and one last thing. So we kind of we haven't really gotten too much into the fundraiser stuff yet, um, but we did. For those who missed it last night, uh, we did announce one of the prizes for this year's um, raffle fundraiser for Cigar Family that we'll be doing in a couple of months. It'll start in a couple of months, but um, the team at Smoke In has graciously donated a box of the TGS Opus X from the Great Smoke 2021, which if you follow them, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, 10-count box, banned exclusively for them by Carlito. Um, one of those boxes will be up for grabs in the raffle this year. So just to give you guys a little teaser, something to look forward to. Um, another one, actually, 
I'll mention too. This is this is the second thing. Um, a rabbit air air purifier will be for those who are looking maybe to get one but don't want to spring for it. Uh, one of those will also be in the raffle this year. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, as well as so many other great things. We're still finalizing who's doing what. So just, just bear with me. An official announcement will go out in a couple of weeks. But uh, just trying to get a couple of things done before that. And uh, sign up for our email newsletter because that's going to get you some of the biggest updates on what we do with that fundraiser and everything involved. Uh, so you don't, don't miss out if you want to be a part of that. And uh, that's going to be it. That's our show for tonight, guys. We'll be back next week. Should Mike, where can, where can people uh, get Postani and, and how about Mike plug some stuff for his podcast too? That's true. That's true, Mike. Yeah. I mean, you can find me on Instagram at Cigar Hustler. Um, CigarHustler.com is a website. Cigar Hustlers podcast. We do a podcast every week, and then we have a private one on the Patreon, which is a Cigar Hustlers podcast as well. We don't we don't have a lot of ad space. We don't. I mean, you know, I'm going to break a rule. I think we'll see how that works out. I don't like to do cigars as far as ads, but there's a particular friend who's uh, who's working on something, and I want to help him grow and succeed. So, so yeah, check us out. Is that Phosphoro? No, it's not Phosphoro. Somebody you mentioned uh. though. Somebody mentioned in this podcast. All right. All right. All righty. Well, thank you, Mike. Once again, just thank you. Thank you uh, for being here. Thank and, you. And thank you for everything. Um, and thank you, everyone listening and watching. And we'll see you next week. Actually, we'll see you Saturday night for Spare Notes with William Cooper. But then we'll see you here again Wednesday night, 7 p.m. next week. Take care, everybody. Have a good night. <laughs>